You're listening to a free audio-only recording of my show, Rebel Roundup. Now, if you like listening to this podcast, then you would love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to premium content. That's what we call our long-format TV-style shows here on The Rebel. Subscribers get access to watching my weekly show as well as all the other great TV-style shows, too. It's only $8 a month to subscribe, or you can subscribe annually and get two months free. And just for podcast listeners, you can save an extra 10% on a new premium membership by using the coupon code PODCAST when you subscribe. Just go to premium.rebelnews.com to become a member. And please leave a five-star review on this podcast and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Those reviews are a great way to support The Rebel without ever having to spend a dime. And now, enjoy this free audio-only version of my show. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. We have brought you so many stories of citizens unduly victimized by the coronavirus cops in our Fight the Fine series as law enforcement cracks down on alleged social distancing violations. But, oh, Sheila Gunn-Reed has a tale from New Brunswick that is surely the most egregious case to date, equal parts baffling and infuriating. Trust me, folks, you don't want to miss this story. And say, folks, what do you get when you do a series of streeters about guns and gun laws at the corner of Young and Dundas in downtown Toronto? Well, you get this. You get unintentional humor. Our newest rebel, Andrew, says he'll be dropping by to talk about how some urban Canadians feel about firearms and Justin Trudeau's gun grab. And finally, letters. We get your letters. We get your letters every minute of every day. And I'll share some of your responses regarding yet another protest, protest number four actually, on the lawns of Queen's Park last Saturday by individuals who just want to get back to work or back to school. But get this, Ontario Premier Doug Ford apparently channeling Marie Antoinette. Uh, he'd rather these people stay at home and bake cheesecake? Oh, it's true, it's true. This Wuhan virus epidemic just gets weirder and weirder. Those are your rebels, now let's round them up. Today I want to introduce you to Walter Matheson from New Brunswick. He received a nearly $300 ticket. His crime? sitting alone in his car in a Tim Hortons parking lot while he finished his muffin and coffee before carrying on his day for failure to comply with the direction of emergency measures. But Walter is obviously a quick thinker because he did something many journalists wouldn't think to do, let alone normal people just minding their own business trying to wash down a muffin with a double-double in a parking lot completely alone in one's own car. Walter, 
started recording the audio on his phone. So while we don't have a video of what happened to Walter, we do have the audio of his interaction with the police officer. There's a lot of dead air as Walter politely waits for the cop to ticket him, so we just cut that out for brevity. But you can hear for yourself. Walter isn't rude. He actually jokes with the cop. And the cop goes from jovial to angry nearly immediately with Walter the moment Walter wanted just a little bit of clarity from him. Just listen. Not too bad. Good, good. Tim Hortons has asked me to move people from the parking lot here. Really? Okay. I, I know you're by yourself and all that, but what it does is it's letting the teens see what happens, and then they all start hanging out here later on. No, I don't and Tim believe Hortons, that. Pardon me? I don't believe that. You don't believe the teens that's will do their, that? That's, <laughs> that's their opinion. No, that's true, but they have asked, and it is up to them to do it. This country is still a free country. Okay, if you don't move, I'm going to give you a $292 ticket. Is that right? Yes. For doing what? For not moving in compliance to what I'm saying. I'm trying that's to be nice to you. Law. License, please. License, please. No, I'll leave. Then leave. Now. Okay. I was nice to you. I gave you a chance. Get out. If I catch you thank back you here, it will much. be a $292 ticket. What's your ticket. name, sir? Constable John Thompson. Okay, thank you, John. Okay. Yeah. I would still like to see your driver's license, though. Well, I'm okay. No, I would like to see it, sir. Stop right there. Driver's license. Just a minute. I'll back up. Doesn't matter. You don't have to. You can stop right where you are. Oh. How long is this going to go on? I have no idea. No idea. I don't like it any more than you do, but I'm doing a job. I'll be right back. Hey, sir, I was nice to you. I asked you to leave. You gave me a hard time, so now you're getting a ticket under the failure time. to comply with the directions of the Emergency Measures I, I Act. Yes, get... you did, sir. No, okay? Didn't. No, you didn't, didn't. want to leave. Don't try arguing now. If you want to take it up with somebody, you can take it up with the sergeant at the office. Okay. I'm not dealing with you. Or you can go to court and you can contest it. Okay? When the court Two hundred and ninety-two fifty. You can pay it at any service in New Brunswick, or you can pay it online. Well, I'm not okay? pay it. Do you want it on court? Do you want to go to court in English or in French? I'm English. Do you want it in English? Of course I do. Okay. You have your driver's license back. Thank you very much. I'm going to get you to sign here. It's not admitting no, guilt. Just I've explained it to you. I'm not going to sign okay? it, sir. Refuse to sign. It still stands, even if you don't sign it. Okay? If you come back here, you will now be trespassing. Excuse me? If you come back, you will now be trespassing. Does that include every Tim Hortons in town? No, that's just one here in Hampton. Just this one. Just this one. So if you come back, you're trespassing. There's your ticket. Leave the parking lot now. Another one. Next one goes up to $1,000. Really? Yes. You can get up to $10,000. How many have you given out today? You're the first. Well, I feel so so good about that. You're lucky. You're the first. You're the first asshole I've had. Thank you very much. Since we kicked off our Fight the Fines campaign last month, we have brought you so many egregious stories about people having their civil liberties throttled by the so-called pandemic police and the coronavirus cops. But folks, the case of Walter Matheson surely ranks as the most egregious one of all. I mean, just look at the facts of the matter. Matheson is ordered by the police to leave a Timmy's parking lot. Matheson starts to comply. Then Matheson is stopped by the cop from complying and ultimately receives a hefty fine for failure to comply. (laughs) Hey, folks, not even Monty Python could have dreamed up a sketch this surreal. And with more on this story is Sheila Gunn-Reed. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, my friend. Hey, David. Thanks for having me on the show. It's always a pleasure. So, Sheila, as I said, I really think this is the most outrageous Fight the Fines case we've aired to date. Now, Walter is going to be represented by our legal eagle, Sam Goldstein, 
But I would argue we could send a chimp in a suit to represent Mr. Matheson and it would be a slam dunk. What are your thoughts on this, Sheila? This is probably one of the craziest stories yet. I mean, we've seen some crazy stories like the story of Bridget Carlson, the North Bay mom who um, got a ticket for pushing her daughter in a swing in an empty uh, playground and was searched under her clothes and handcuffed and stuffed in a cop car. Um, but this one, it, I mean, that's bad. This is as ridiculous as that one is bad. Because from the very beginning, Mr. Matheson is doing his best to be safe and follow the law. He was finishing his coffee and his muffin in the Tim Hortons parking lot after he had gone through the drive-thru uh, because he didn't want to eat and drive because that's unsafe and that's how you get a ticket. You, you, that's distracted driving. So he parks in the Tim Hortons parking lot. There's no signage up telling him he can't be there, but the cops who may or may not have been incidentally at the Tim Hortons, as cops tend to be. Um, <laughs> this one cop came over and uh, asked him to leave. Walter is complying, but also questioning the absurdity of it all. And Walter says, well, it's a free country. And that's right when the cop just got right off the rev limiter. And the excuse the cop gave for having Mr. Matheson move along was one of the dumbest things that I have ever heard a cop say to anybody in my life, that Walter, a retired man, eating a muffin alone in his car in a Tim Hortons parking lot is going to attract teenagers <laughs> to congregate in the parking lot um, because nothing brings out the skateboard kids like an old guy sitting alone in his car eating a muffin. It's crazy. It, it's surreal. But, you know, Sheila, you touched upon something else in the, um, the audio that Mr. Matheson, thank goodness, recorded, because otherwise it's just another he said, he said kind of story. Yeah. But when the constable comes up to him, he seems almost jovial. He seems yeah. like the kind of cop that I really like to engage in if I'm going to get a speeding ticket or, or, or what have you. He's not heavy-handed. And then he goes from almost jovial to maniacal he like is enraged and and mr matheson is not dropping f-bombs on him he's nope. not putting up any kind of a, a, a you know a fight sheila how did this cop go from you know zero to 60 on the rage meter so quickly well it comes from walter uh questioning the uh the I don't know if legitimacy of the law is the right word, but Walter pointed out just how absurd it was that he was threatened with a ticket for eating a muffin alone in a parking lot. Like, how is eating a muffin alone inside your car with the windows rolled up any risk to public health? And so Walter did mention that to the cop. He said, well, it's still a free country. And that the cop just turned. The mood of the whole interaction changed. Walter was leaving. The cop stopped him and then takes his driver's license and then gives Walter a ticket for not complying with the peace officer's order to leave um, and not applying, not complying with the Emergency Measures Act, which Walter was trying to do. He was trying to leave and the cop stopped him. And that's not the, well, that is pretty bad, but I mean, the cop was also uh, insulting. He was swearing at Walter. Walter oh. wasn't swearing at him. Walter wasn't at any, Thing more than you know a guy getting a $300 ticket but this cop 
he took it really personally that Walter pushed back. Yeah, when he called him an a-hole, that really rattled me, Sheila. I mean, I've never seen a cop act so unprofessionally over such small potatoes in the grand scheme of things. But, you you know, Sheila, the other thing I don't understand, too, and you touched upon it, is the safety issue. I think the most unsafe part of this interaction, if you believe that the Wuhan virus is as contagious as some are saying, was merely the interaction of the cop and Walter, which never would have happened if the cop hadn't approached Walter. But we see, I mean, I've seen stories in the last couple of weeks about the revival of the drive-in movie theater, because here's a safe way to see Hollywood films. You stay as a family in your car. We recently had Premier Doug Ford in this province say that drive-in church services are now okay, so the Church of God in Elmer, Ontario doesn't have to be worried about receiving fines. So in other words, getting into a parking lot, staying in your vehicle with the windows rolled up, whether it's a movie and now a church service is okay, but it's not okay to eat a muffin and have a coffee? This makes no sense, Sheila. Well, that's one of the things uh, the lawyer Sam Goldstein pointed out to me, is these things are so absurd and they're changing so fast. One day they're strict, the next day they're not as strict, then they go back to being strict again. They're changing so fast that you can't expect uh, just a lay person doing their best to follow the rules, doing their best to be safe and comply with these public health orders. You can't even expect them to know what the rules are anymore because they change day to day. How is Walter to know that he can't park in a parking lot and eat a muffin because nobody in their right mind would think that that should be illegal. But uh, the police officer did and ticketed Walter for it. Wow. Well, Sheila, um, I got to tell you, when things get back to normal, um, there's going to be a fight in the office about who gets to cover the case (laughs) if it goes to trial. But it's your story, and I know you'll do a superb job. But Sheila, thank you so much for uh, bringing to light, like I said, the most egregious and most surreal Wuhan virus ticket that we've seen to date. Thank you so much again. Thanks, David. Have a great weekend. You too. And that was Sheila Gunn-Reed way up in the northern hinterland of Alberta. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. Hey guys, this is Andrew Says, the most censored YouTuber in Canada. Here at Young and Dundas Square, we're asking people about the assault weapons ban, the assault rifle ban, the list of 1,500 prohibited firearms that Justin Trudeau just put into legislation. We're here to ask everybody, are you for it? Are you against it? Do they even know what an assault rifle is? Let's show you how it's done. Today we're asking people about the assault weapons ban that Justin Trudeau announced. Would you be for or against that? Don't know anything about it? I don't know anything about it. Okay. Um, Wow. Well, I think it's a, so I think it's a great idea. Uh, For me, like, it should be illegal to have arms because we don't need it. Are you for or against that? I'm always against that. I mean, I think it's, the crime rate has gone up in Toronto, so all the guns, they should keep away. Whether you're for the ban or against it? Against. I'm for it. Okay, can you explain why? Yeah, because uh, there's far too many people that are irrational and they shouldn't be carrying a gun, especially criminals. So I'm all for stopping crime and gun crime especially, but I'm just not sure how an assault weapons ban uh, does anything when there's not really a problem with that particular weapon. Um, I still think that all guns should be banned regardless whether they're rifles or anything else. 
I mean, the crime rate has gone up in Toronto and Canada as well. So, I mean, I think they should ban. Assault ban? Uh, I think that I'm for it. You're for it? Yeah. And why is that? Uh, well, there's, well, considering hearing from that shooting from Nova Scotia, I think that was Nova Scotia. Um, Weren't those illegally uh, obtained guns, though? I'm not sure. I don't know the full story of it. I only heard the story. Uh, I would be against a ban. You're against a ban? Okay, against, can, yes. can, you t- can you tell us why? Um, I think we should have a right to protect ourselves. I mean, as a female, I wouldn't uh, mind to have a gun in my residence just in case. And if it's licensed, I would have to uh, pass certain tests. Uh, also, I'm a defense counsel, so I'm a lot more uh, pro-civil liberties, I would say. So that's just my opinion. Well, you don't think it'd be good to keep it out of people's hands? No, because it's a black market. It's come from U.S. It doesn't matter. You ban it here. There's a lot of, I mean, 80% of the assault is come from black market from U.S. border. So as long as U.S. as a constitution rights, they carry on the ban. I mean, that's the weapon. Canada cannot do anything. Do you mind me asking where you're from? I'm Persian from Iran. Well, folks, as the saying goes, never let a good crisis go to waste. And that certainly seems to be the mantra of the Justin Trudeau liberals during these dark days of the Wuhan virus and all the precautions that we're living under. Indeed, just look a few weeks ago at that odious ordering council, some 1,500 firearms just like that are going to be illegal within the space of two years because, hey, that's how Justin Trudeau rolls. Who's got time for all that messy democracy stuff when it comes to clamping down on legal gun owners? And without further ado, let me introduce one of our newest rebels here at Rebel World Command Headquarters here in Toronto. It is Andrew Says. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, Andrew. Thank you, David. I didn't know this was a command center. Now I know. <laughs> Looking for the torpedoes. And the person giving the commands is Ezra. If you don't obey Ezra, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. But seriously, it, it was um, very perversely amusing to see you go out onto the streets of Toronto. Um, in fact, it was, I think, unintentionally funny. But the subtext here, Andrew, is that there's a great divide, isn't there, between those in the gun community that know guns, understand guns, are responsible with guns, and many people who don't have a clue. I mean, like that gentleman you interviewed, he seems like a kind enough guy, but my goodness, thinking that a, a 44 and a 38 refers to the number of bullets in the magazine as opposed to the caliber size. What were your impressions walking away from that street or assignment? Well, I was glad that people were at least honest and willing to have the conversation. Yeah. And I usually like to give, you know, whatever you want to call the other side, the benefit of the doubt in lots of topics. But what you find is, especially in the gun debate, that there's really a low level of information and knowledge on the side that's opposed to uh, people owning legal firearms. I mean, like you said, the 44 means it has 44 bullets or it can shoot three blocks. I've never heard anyone describe the range of a firearm uh, (laughs) being judged by blocks or football fields or anything like that. And I think one of the most interesting parts about it was that um, a lot of the people who weren't from Canada were for the legal ownership of guns. I think we had a Ukrainian lady, we had an Englishman, a Frenchman. So people from other countries recognizing the need for self-defense, but not so much people in country itself. You know, you raise a very good point because I've noticed, especially going out in the last four weeks to the Queen's Park protests, Andrew, I'm 
continually meeting people from for, former Soviet bloc, e Eastern European countries that were under the iron fist of the Soviet Union going back to the late 80s. And they know what it's like to live under socialism or Marxism or communism. They understand what it's like to get their liberties and freedoms taken away. And they see what's going on here, and I'm not trying to exaggerate anything, but once you see some fundamental rights and freedoms chipping away, it doesn't take long before a whole lot of other ones uh, go as well. And they seem to be the most vociferous when it comes to demanding government get out of their lives. Great vocabulary, first of all. Um, <laughs> but it is kind of worrying how easily people are willing to give up their rights just because, I don't know, politician X says so, speaks something into law at a press conference, for example. And it is worrisome that uh, you have people coming from other countries telling us uh, things aren't going to go well if you continue down this path. Now, having said that, if people want to wear masks, of course they're free to, but if we get to the point where masks are mandatory, gloves are mandatory, which we're hearing on conservative radio, radio right now, yeah. I think 1010 is talking about it, why not just wear a mask, everybody? So why not just give up your rights? I don't really understand it. I think there needs to be at least some sort of pushback from the Canadian public on this. Oh, I totally agree. And you do see that pushback at those Queen Park protests for sure. And do we have an accurate number in terms of how big the gun community is in Canada? Well, I'm no gun community expert, so I wouldn't know, but I can tell you that we do get great responses. If you want to email me, Andrew says at uh, rebelnews.com, tell me about your gun events or anything like that. But um, we do get a huge response from people. Uh, whenever there's any sort of gun grab or gun legislation or blaming a crime or a mass shooting on yeah. gun, uh, legal gun owners. So I can tell you that there's a strong uh, backbone of people in Canada who are willing to stand up for their right to own firearms. And I think there should be. I think at some point you have to say what's the motive here, especially when the, the gun ban is just a list of guns because you can't ban it based on its mechanics or its differences. Yeah, you know, I'm not a gun owner myself, but I've, uh, I, I know people who are. I've uh, visited the Toronto Revolver Club. Uh, I, I love them all. They are responsible, uh, wonderful citizens, and I hate to see them being victimized like this. But I guess the point I'm getting at is that I assume uh, that there are far fewer gun uh, people that don't own guns than that, that do own guns. And when you saw from that fellow's um, ignorance about what guns are, um, I think the Trudeau Liberals are banking on that. They can do this kind of virtue signaling and they know they're going to get away with it. Well, if you can get people to stay inside for months at a time and yeah. shut down their businesses, like we've been trying to get people to cut our hair. Uh, and nobody will do it because they're afraid <laughs> of the social stigma, they're afraid of the laws. So if you can get people to do that just by like what I think is social media campaigns, then what's to stop them from doing other things is what I really want to know. No, a hundred percent. And um, there's certainly when we run gun videos, there's uh, a, a ton of views. Uh, but in terms of the long game, do you see anything changing uh, you know, by 2022 or is this going to be the new reality that this order in council has just taken 1,500 guns, wiped them off the books as legal firearms, and that's just the way it's going to be in Canada moving forward? Um, sadly, I think it's probably going to be the way it's going to be because in order to walk these laws back, you have to have a big pushback and then you have to have a majority of legislators pushing to get it back. I mean, you could go, let's say, four, six years from now, whenever Justin Trudeau gets out, if he does get out, you guys. Yeah. Um, 
then you'd have to walk back the legislation. But personally, has or I don't see that happening. Has that happened with other things? Can we just X out the ban because it doesn't make any sense? I mean, I think when you bring an argument like that to the public, let's make more guns legal. It leaves a bad taste in the regular swing voters. Yeah. Uh, it leaves a bad taste in their mouth. So I think it's hard to walk those things back. And I think that it's just a campaign promise that he's fulfilling that he knows he can uh, easily get some broad support on. Andrew, sadly, I think you're right. We're going to have to wrap it there. Thank you so much. Those streeters were excellent from an unintentionally humorous perspective. <laughs> and, you know, folks, that, that the sad thing uh, about this gun grab is that at the end of the day, it's going to do nothing in terms of the gangbangers, the illegal gun runners. Um, they're not going to follow these laws. And the reason is they're criminals. <laughs> they're supposed to break laws. It's all about going after the law-abiding duck hunter in Saskatchewan. And as far as the gangbanger in the inner city is concerned, business as usual. Just shameful and disgraceful. Keep it here. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. David Menzies for Rebel News here in Toronto. Well, folks, I'm back at Queen's Park where protest number four in a row has assembled. We have Ontarians here that are asking the Premier to be, oh, I don't know, treated like adults. They want to go back to work. They want to go back to school. And the message essentially is open up the economy as in all of it, not just bits and pieces. But when it comes to uh, Premier Marie Antoinette, I mean, Premier Doug Ford, he's saying, well, essentially, uh, let them eat cake, or I mean, let them make cherry cheesecake. Here, check this out. If I wasn't Premier, I'd open up a cheesecake factory. Friends, stay safe, stay healthy, and these are some of the fun things you can do when you're self-isolating. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, so that seems to be the Premier's response in terms of handling a global pandemic. For me, I like coming out in the great outdoors on a beautiful sunny spring day like this. In any event, let's go in and talk to these protesters, see what they have to say. You know, the people that the Premier labeled three weeks ago as a bunch of yahoos. <laughs> Well, that was some magnificent dancing out there, ma'am. Where about you? I want to see you dance now. Oh, no, white men can't jump and they can't dance either. I'll tell you that much. So your, your, your sign says free immune boosting hug. Well, has anyone turned down your offer of a hug? I don't know. Can I have a hug? Well, <laughs> oh, oh, Lady Menzoid, I'm so sorry. Premier Doug Ford wants you to stay inside and bake a cherry cheesecake. What do you think about that? I don't know how to bake. No, I'd rather be outside, in the sun, getting my vitamin D. This is what's healthy for you. Staying indoors is not. Um, well, first of all, vitamin D has been proven to actually boost immunity, along with all these other things that they, I'm, I'm into holistic health, okay? So like, that's why when I get sick, I eat ginger, I eat garlic, I do stuff to boost my immunity. Nobody's talking about boosting immunity here. They're all just resorting to vaccines and lockdowns and taking away our rights and making us dependent on like, the big corporations and the government, like, yeah, no. Telling us to stay home, he's baking a cake with with actual gloves, like he's gonna, he's afraid of infecting himself or something, like. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna be in my kitchen baking no cherry cheesecakes. Well, Yahoo Nation returned to Queen's Park last Saturday for protest number four. It was the biggest turnout to date, and the protesters were even more revved up than the previous three protests. And you may recall that after the first 
demonstration, Ontario Premier Doug Ford, well, he called these people a bunch of yahoos, but these folks are simply tax-paying citizens who just want to go back to work or go back to school. What's so yahooish about that? The following week, the Premier re actually called those bearing upside-down flags as being anti-military. That's odd. An upside-down flag is considered by many to be a universal symbol of distress. Ford told those folks he'd even help them pack their bags and frog march them out of the country. Jeez. Well, more recently, Doug Ford seems to be channeling Marie Antoinette by advocating that people stay indoors and make cheesecake. Uh, Doug, I think Ontarians are done with house arrest. Will you just kindly reopen the economy as in fully? In any event, here's what some of you had to say. Stephen Schertzer writes, Rebel News, did you pull some of these people out of a circus? Tattooed men, dancing girls, where is the three-legged man and the bearded lady? What are you asking me to believe, that these people are suffering? Are you kidding me? Sitting at home eating cheesecake while the government is sending them $2,000? Oh, the suffering. Oh, the torture of it all. First world people and their first world problems. Give me a break. Well, Stephen, with all due respect, I think you've completely missed the point of these protests. The people on the grounds of Queen's Park don't want to sit at home eating cheesecake and getting government handouts. They want to go back to work, be they barbers or bakers or waiters. And all that is required is some political will to unshackle this economy. Doc Moe writes, anyone seen the movie They Live? That's the blank storm this is. Obey. Hey, Doc, I saw They Live. Fun little B-movie, best line of all, uttered by the immortal Rowdy Roddy Piper. I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Silver Sadie writes, I noticed that those from other countries have insight. They know what's going on. You know, great observation, Silver, especially those from the former Soviet republics in Eastern Europe. They know what it's like to have one's freedoms and liberties taken away, and it ain't pretty. And it is not something they want to experience on this side of the pond. And Cutting Edge writes, She doesn't know how to bake, but she knows how to shake. Oh, you got that right, brother. And better yet, she delivers the giggle with the jiggle. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next week. And hey, folks, never forget, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night.